Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill. Today, I'm joined with one of my very good friends, Jeremy Rising. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Welcome. I'm just changing my stand-up desk. I want to get my physiology um, in its most optimal state so that I can be in the best mood I possibly can for our yeah, time together. You know, I, I'm, I'm in a stand-up desk right now as well. And that's like one of the keys to good moods is a powerful physiology. I couldn't agree more. Being able to switch your physiology throughout the day uh, to find the right postural places for your body can optimize your ability to kind of just stay uh, focused, have, uh, you know, productive energy that makes you feel um, in a good mood. Dude, so I, mood. I, I've just finished the first draft of my book. The book is called How to Get Out of a Bad Mood. And um, we, we have this good mood toolkit that people can download uh, on, on our podcast show, the, uh, goodmoodshow.com. And one, the first step of when you're in a bad mood, number one, change your physiology. Mm. That's like, yeah. as soon as like, so anyone you're listening to this show, if you ever get in a bad mood, the first step is do just what Jeremy just did. Stand up, put your shoulders back, put your head up, maybe make a powerful move. Maybe, maybe scream. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. And then as soon as you do that, and I say t take 10 deep belly breaths, like just get that oxygen pumping through your body. As soon as you change your posture and physiology, your mood changes. You, you cannot be the same person with a new physiology as you were before. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. As soon as you're standing up, you know all this stuff. So man, okay. So the other piece of Jeremy Rising's uh, good mood story is your musical performance. You are a uplifting pop rock musician who just writes just songs that just puts you in a good mood. My family and I have like played out your CDs because every song is really, really good. It's really uplifting with the beat and the music. And then it has a, a message that you want music subconsciously bouncing around in your head that is uplifting you rather than some of the music we hear on the radio right now. Like my wife and I are like, man, that song sounds so happy. And yet she says that she wants to kill herself. And I'm like, I don't need that song bouncing around in my head with that really catchy beat. And then the words that are saying she's so depressed that she actually wants to take her life. And um, your music is the opposite. So I wanted to play a little bit of your music. And um, I'm going to share my screen here and share the sound. This One of my favorite songs for getting in a good mood is your song, not my mind. And anyone, if you want to listen to Brother James's music, it, you can go on Spotify and just search Brother, B-R-O-T-H-A, James. But um, I'm going to play a little bit of Not My Mind. And, and Jeremy, I just want you to talk about what you, where, how you came up with this idea. Doors open up, break down the doors. And the voice inside might be telling lies. I've had enough, now I decide. Oh, 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 oh,
man. Oh, dude, that song is so good. So, yeah. you know, the the first line from that little clip was the voice inside might be telling lies. Yeah. What's that mean to you? It means that sometimes, not all the time, sometimes the first voice that comes into our mind in any any experience we have is a voice that is highly reactive. It sees the worst possible outcomes. It sees the worst in people. It sees the worst of the situation. It sees how you could be angry or judgmental. And if and that's not going to put us in a good mood. If we if we step into that option of how to react to a to an experience. And that experience could be, I'll use one that that I've often used that I think a lot of people can relate to, which is you're driving and there's a driver that comes up close to you and now it feels like they're tailgating you and maybe they speed by you and get by and our initial reaction the voice inside is like that person sucks like why did they do that like why do they need to be in such a rush we we almost instantaneously see not everyone if you're on the other side of this podcast or or video if you're watching hello and if you um if you if you're not that person then good work. And if you're like me or many others, there's there's an opportunity in that moment where we start to react and see the worst to pause and to notice that there are thoughts going through our mind, yet we are not those thoughts. And if we utilize questions to just say, well, what could be going on with that person? Before I really step into this reactivity and I flip the person off or I say, you know, negative words that are disempowering and not how I would want to be treated, nor do how, how I want to treat others. It's not even in my values to think these things, really. So instead of just stepping into that reactive state, if I know that I'm not my mind and I sing enough, sing the song enough times, I've trained myself to say, hey, I'm not really this thought. What are my other options? Now through a question, what could be going on with this person? You know, what can I be grateful for right now that allows me to be driving at this speed and maybe not driving so fast because there's an emergency they're trying to get to. Like, There's all sorts of ways to redirect the mind in that moment to, number one, see that you don't really know what's going on with the person. There's no way to know. And so there's no reason to react, yet the mind really wants to judge it. So by knowing that you're not your mind and you have options for how to choose how to react to every moment, it allows you a window of creativity with what type of mood and what type of creative reaction you want to produce in that moment in time to now set yourself up to feel the way that you want to feel. So that song is about remembering that we're all on a journey together. We're trying our best. Our energy is contagious. So even if you have that reactive state and you feel it's justified, when you start to have that reactive state, you are putting out an, ener an energy to the world, to the people next to you, that the kids in the back seat, that is real. And so the first verse of that song is all about, you know, knowing that we're on a mission together. Verse number two is like, the reason we react is because we watch enough things and listen to enough things on radio and media that the way they draw you in is drama. And so they're, we're programmed to be reactive. And so the song is opposing that and allowing us to see that like the second verse, turn off the TV, no more negativity, it's time to tune in into a new frequency. 
say goodbye to news that be giving us the blues, turn that dial to the one that we can use. That's like, if you read things that are positive, that talk about how to bring out the best in yourself, the best in others, how to be creative in moments versus reactive in moments, by the pure information you're putting into your mind, you will now have a better chance of pausing, not being reactive, and being able to provide yourself with a series of choices of how to, how to actually respond to the moment. And there's, there's more, but that's like the basis of the song. Oh, it's so good. And I wrote it for myself. Oh, man, yeah. that whole everything you just explained is the Good Mood Show summarized in one, you know, one paragraph. And one long tangent about the song. Oh, it's <laughs> Thanks so, for, it's thank so you for good. that. I appreciate it, man. And you know, the, the book I've written now, uh, How to Get Out of a Bad Mood, talks about how um, we do have two aspects of us. We've got the ego. And the ego just cares about pleasure and pain and survival. And so that these mind thoughts, these thoughts that, that we are not, that we could choose to attach to, they're not really us because the, the other aspect of us is our essence, our soul. And our soul doesn't have those same survival, negative, pleasure and pain seeking thoughts. And so as, as you talk about, okay, well, let's start to feed our mind in our ego with, with things that it's going to repeat that are positive. I turned off the news years ago. I have, and I've got family members that are like, I can't believe you don't know what's going on right now in Ukraine. And I said, I, I do because you guys talk about it. Thank you for keeping me informed. And they say, I can't believe you don't know. Like there could be something really bad that happens like a nuclear war. And I'm like, I'm sure someone's going to tell me about it. But if I obsess about watching this negativity, every single day, my mind will start to talk like the negativity every single day. I don't watch a stressful TV show. I, I don't. So everyone's favorite TV shows, everyone's favorite movies. I'm like, does anyone have to bury a body? Do they have to hide a body that they killed? If that's part of the show, I'm out. And these are like the most popular TV shows on today. Yep. And yet I found myself like watching these TV shows. I think of uh, Yellowstone and the Ozarks and like these super popular TV shows. We would start to watch them. And as soon as they had to like figure out what to do with the body, I'm like, okay, we can't watch this anymore because I would get these stressful dreams. I would wake up stressed out. I would talk to my kids stressed out. I talked to my company stressed out. And all of that stress is opposite of good moods. It's not really what I want. Was the one hour of watching people be stressed out, is that worth it? I couldn't agree with you more. I, I noticed the same thing in in my way of re, of being conditioned by what I watch in the same way, and I and I find myself I find myself still attracted to it, right? And I have to really pause and remember, like what I'm like, what am I attracted to here? What do I want? How do I how do I pause a little bit in this moment and notice what's really happening and notice that I have other choices to then choose what it is that's going to best serve me, myself, my, my, my close relationships and my mission. I think, I think what you just said is, is really powerful. Those emotions are highly addictive and highly attractive. Getting angry at somebody driving releases cortisol and adrenaline and those things like put our whole body in like a, a stir. Well, that's an attractive cocktail of chemicals that are enjoyable to, to feel. Being super afraid and having to figure out what to do from this super stressed out thing produces all these chemicals that we can get totally addicted to. And there's like a, a secret pleasure of feeling these like bad moods that we have to break that addiction because they actually don't feel good. 
It's just addictive. Mm. And so that's the way, you know, I highly recommend you cut the news out. I highly recommend you cut out stressful TV shows. There are lots of other things to watch. And then when you're not watching the news, you're not watching stressful TV shows, you start picking up some of Brother James's music. And you start yeah. listening to stuff that puts you in a great mood. You start spending more time with your children and with your mom and with people that matter to you. You go for a walk outside. You pick up a great book where you grow your mind. Like these are the ways that we, our mind stops all, all of a sudden flipping somebody off when they cut us yep. off. I used to yeah, flip you're re, people you're off. you're reprogramming. Totally. Right? Like you come from the KW world. Yeah. Right? Point far. Right? Programming, thoughts, feelings actions, results, like what's the programming that's leading to the thought, that's leading to the action, that's leading to the result. And so what we're really talking about is programming. Mm -hmm. And if you even kind of get even more detailed and precise with what we're describing, we're describing that our programming comes from the words, the images, and the feelings that we consistently associate ourselves with. And media knows that if they program people in a certain way, actions get taken, which is people are in a certain type of mood and flow that their actions is they purchase things or, oh, or are divisive. Feel yeah. They, there's, yeah, so, yeah. So if you feel bad about yourself, you purchase expensive things to make the pain go away. There's a lot of there's a lot of what I believe is a usefulness from companies all across the world, not good or bad. It's, it, I'm not judging the companies. It's more of just, it's, it's relevant to know that potentially we have to take ownership and control of the way that we program and condition ourselves so that as we condition new types of words and experiences and sensory type of experiences as a human being, that that will really dictate the feelings we have in any experience and so it's really up to us to choose what we put into our, into our, um, through our eyes and through our ears that really condition the way that we then move through the world. And that, again, that's like really what not my mind is all about is getting out of this, this, the rat cycle of being conditioned by the structures that be and just taking control and remembering like you are your own person. You have the tools inside. You have the skills. You're just a question. You're just a moment of pausing, a heartbeat away from asking a question that provides a new reality. Yeah. And, you know, here I am like maybe 16 years removed from being lost completely in that negativity loop where I would like have road rage. I'd flip people off. I got out of my car to fight people a few different times. Like, wow. You know, really? Yeah, Absolutely. And, um, but then I, you know, I had this like awakening at, at you know, in my mid twenties where I started to cut the negative influences out and started to feed the positive influences. And, you know, I, I kind of forget how easy it was to go to that anger and how easy it was to feel that anxiousness, like all the time, because it's been, it's been this just every single day progression of feeding my mind with positivity and man, it pays off because those first thoughts do still show up, but they don't show up every single day. It's like sometimes when my energy is high and the car cuts me off, my first thought is I hope they're okay, rather yeah. than that being my second thought. And it used to be, 
I would have to be like, is my, I grew up, my dad would just flip those people off and be like, man, what an idiot. I can't believe I, they don't know. No one knows how to drive. Right. So that conditioning is how I was conditioned. Every time somebody did something on the road, I was conditioned to call them an idiot. And yeah. I had to break that conditioning. It took a lot of choosing a second thought of, oh, you know, maybe there's an emergency and maybe I should say a prayer for them. And then eventually you do that so many times that your first thought is I should say a prayer for them. Yeah, it's it's such a powerful practice because as you recondition yourself and you say that prayer, almost instant, almost instantaneously, you feel a sense of gratitude for your own life. Because if you play it out, people aren't speeding to be jerks. They're 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 just they're looking for either they're looking for a feeling and and they're gaining a feeling through that type of an action. And what does that say about potentially what why they're searching for that feeling? that could put on other people in danger or like, or make people feel uncomfortable or make people feel like they're riding too close or going too fast. Like, and that's just one option. What about the other options? They're speeding, trying to get somewhere to someone that they love who's in bad condition. They are trying to get somewhere because their kids or their wife are having in a bad situation and they need to get somewhere quickly. Right. You know, whatever it might be, as soon as you start to run the scenarios, instantaneously, it's like, I'm just driving along, like enjoying the music, like not like I'm excited to get home. Look where I'm at. Oh my gosh. Like I, yeah, I'm in a good mood. I can't and believe so I simultaneously, get to be alive. They're like, as you realize, as we realize we're not our minds and we give ourselves these other choices as we get better and better at it, it, it only produces more appreciation and gratitude for our own uh, experience our own present situation. And that is a very powerful uh, way to create reliable, a reliable way to get into a good mood. Hey, if you're like me, you're looking to stay in a good mood most of the time, but those pesky bad moods keep coming back around. Just go to thegoodmoodshow.com and download the Good Mood Toolkit. And I'll share the secrets of how to get out of each flavor of bad mood so that you get to stay in the good vibes we all love to feel. And look, as a bonus, I'll also email you the resource from each guest who comes on this show every week. So just go to thegoodmoodshow.com, enter your email, and get that Good Mood Toolkit today. So yesterday I got into a bad mood. And... I had to I had to use every like uh tactic from the good mood show to not to not have a bad mood night with my whole family. You know, like all four kids, my wife, they're all counting on me not to ruin our evening because we live you know, life in paradise unless we choose to destroy it. And so um you know, my energy was down and and work has been a little bit challenging and um, I was I was doing the best I could here, and then I get this email from somebody, and they say, "Hey, you're we're gonna sue you for thirty thousand mm. dollars." And the email isn't like a kind email, and it's like kind of pointing the finger at me and saying I did all these bad things, and I just feel all this judgment, and I'm like, okay. So I come home, and and the the person who typically works with that is going out of the country for ten days. And I've still got a lot, I've got a hundred people who report to me. So I've got a big, I've got a big career by choice. And, um, the person who would take care of this isn't going to be around. So I get home and Katie's kind of exasperated because, 
She had people in the house that were trying to fix things that were broken. The air conditioner doesn't cool our house down. The house is only, you know, like it's 78 degrees at night. We're sweating at night. The air conditioner people came that day and said they couldn't fix it. And she's like, I don't understand. Hmm. Like it, other people's houses are cool. How come our house can't be cool? And they said, yeah, you know, your system's working fine. She's like, if it was working fine, our house would be cool. And anyway, he left and it wasn't fixed. It's been like a long saga. And so she's kind of stressed out about that. She also has a big job and she's cooking dinner. And I, I said, hey, uh, babe, I really need you to like take care of this thing for me. And she said, I can't. And she didn't say I can't. She said, I'll need your help. And I was just like, I, I just said, I have to go for a walk. You know, I just got really, so this bad, my, my worst mm -hmm. mood now is overwhelm. Wow. When yeah, I you, feel. But you paused. It sounds like you paused. You didn't react. Well, man, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't kind. I wasn't kind in the way I said, I need to go for a walk. Right. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was this saint walking out of the house. I, I like. I did. I'm like, anything I say right now from the state that I'm in is going to be not, it's, it's going to hurt, right? It's going to hurt yeah. her. It's going to hurt me. It's going to, I'm going to dig myself into this bad mood that I won't be able to get out of if I act in it. So yeah. I walked, I walked away. I grabbed my shoes. I said, I'm going to go for a walk. And she said, well, Hey, can I apologize? I said, let me just go for a walk. And I, I walked and I'm like, this is physiology. So I'm, I'm walking, mm. I'm taking big, deep breaths. And, um, and I was I just walking outside, moving my body. And the whole time I'm like analyzing, I'm like, okay, so this person's a jerk. And I'm using Byron Katie's four questions. And I love her four questions because as I'm saying, this person's a jerk, I'm like uh, turning it around. I'm saying, okay, this person's not a jerk. So she, she always says, come up with examples of the three different opposites to the thought you have that's causing you suffering. And so the first opposite is if this person's a jerk, this person's not a jerk. Come up with examples of why they're not. Well, kind of the stuff you just yeah. said about the person driving. I'm like, hey, they're just doing the best they can. You know, something something's wrong and they need some help and they're, they're just a person that's doing the best they can to get help, right? Well, yeah. then another opposite is I'm being a jerk. So you turn it around from them yep. to yourself. And I'm like, yes, I am. I just walked out of my wife, right? She's got four kids. Yeah. She's trying to put dinner on the table. She needs my help. And I, in a huff, just walked out. And all she said was, I need your help. Was I can't do this on my own because I also have, a, you know, we'll do this together is basically what she was saying. But that wasn't the answer I wanted, you know? So my expectation was she would just take it over. And mm. then that expectation led to all this anger. And so I'm like, I'm being a total jerk. Yeah, I just walked out. I walked out of my kids. I'm being a jerk to my wife. And then the third turnaround is I'm being a jerk to this person who emailed me. Now that this is a weird one for your brain to come up with. You're like, man, I haven't even spoken to them. How could I be a jerk to somebody? I they're the one that sent me this nasty gram and an email. They didn't call me. They didn't like try to like, you know, you know, they just sent these cold words and writing and, and are, are sending all this judgment and writing and like that. How could I be a jerk to them? Well, the the thing is, is that my thoughts about that person were so mean. Mm, right. All yeah. my judgments about them were so mean. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, a total jerk. If they could hear the thoughts that I'm thinking, if I spoke the words I'm thinking about them to them, like they would be so upset. I'm being a total jerk to them. So by the time I got done with those three turnarounds, I, I walked probably half a mile and then we live close to the water. I was able to walk out and see the sun setting over the water and then 
got back in time to help Katie plate the dinner. I just gave her a huge hug. And I, I said, uh, you know, I, I, I got triggered by that feeling of overwhelm. And I said, I, and I was able to take the space and get my mindset back right and see things clearly. And I said, I'm sorry, I kind of lost my mind there on that. Well, I, was, I tried to dig into it on that walk and, and figure out, you know, this is, uh, Michael Singer talks about in his books that you got a, a blocked energy pattern in your heart called a samskara. And an event in life will bump this blocked energy. And then the old pain that you stored in your heart when you when you were young and you couldn't process, then the, it hits that old pain and that old pain just overcomes your whole body. And so as I'm walking, I'm like, what is the old pain that I couldn't process when I was a kid? And I had this like instant image of my mom crying in her closet. Mm. And, you know, my dad, uh, wasn't paying child support. We were young. There's four of us kids. She was a secretary, you know, and, and the weight of the world was on her shoulders and she felt like no one was there to help her. And she was just in the, her closet crying. And I'm just this little kid, six or seven years old, like wishing that my mom wasn't going through the pain and she's overwhelmed. And I'm like, man, did some of that, have I not processed that, mm. that we were actually fine? We were actually okay. We were actually guided and cared for. God had us the whole time. There was all these people, teachers and uh, babysitters and all, you know, family members, like all these people were there surrounding us and supporting us. Maybe my mom couldn't see it. And as a kid, I couldn't see it, but now can I go back and heal that wound and realize we were cared for? I I was supported. I was, she wasn't overwhelmed. She was choosing to see that she was overwhelmed. And do I have to carry that today? Because my wife certainly supports me. I've got an amazing, amazing staff of people at my company that will do anything. Like if I had asked the person, you know, Lisa, who's going out of the country for 10 days to help me when she's out of the country, she would have said, you got it, anything. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm not going to ask her to do that, but if I needed to, she would have. So I've got all the support in the world. I don't need to be overwhelmed. And that this is just me just being so vulnerable right now in this show, like retelling Dude. this story about how I'm not my mind. So listening to your song, immediately these thoughts and I'm overwhelmed and I can't handle it and the weight of the world's on my shoulders, but none of that stuff was true. And if I had just, if I had spoken in more anger, I could have just spiraled into an old pattern that I've been in many, many times and just created all kinds of havoc. Oh, it's a beautiful share. Thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing those experiences. Uh, They're so, they're so relevant and there's there's so much depth to what you're sharing beyond just the, the skill of being able to pause and notice and choose new reality, you know, new realities and to let go of reactivity, what you're, what you're sharing around, um, the work, um, Byron, Byron Kelly, Byron Katie, Byron Katie, and the work, I forget Byron Katie. And then, uh, what you're sharing about what you're seeing in your past, what you learned from Michael Singer, it's powerful stuff. It's a whole episode. Both of those are whole episodes on their own of just digging into those, you know, aspects of being able to you know, reflect so thoughtfully about yourself and in any moment, like you did with the Byron Katie work of, you know, if this person is this being is being this way, what if they're not being that way? What if I'm being a jerk? You know, the fact that you saw that you were being a jerk in your mind 
And that I think many times people think it's okay to be a jerk in our minds because we're not saying it out loud. And yet it seem, seemingly it is still as destructive to have so many negative thoughts towards people invisibly in our minds. And so, and then what you shared about your mom and, and being able to, to see the past experience and to evaluate it and to ask questions about it that allow new possibilities of what it created for you or what it create could create for you to emerge is it's not, it's not easy work. So I just want to like, that's not easy work. It's it really, it's, it's there and we have access to it and it does take time and patience. And even when you know it, you still react. Right. And then, and then what comes next? Apologizing, not only to the person that maybe in the, in the example of, of Katie, when you walked out and, and you came back and said, Hey, I lost my mind. Not only did you apologize, but it seemingly you also were being gentle with yourself, right? Because when you have tools and you don't use them, not only do others get affected in some way, there's also a possibility where we shame ourselves and then we stop using the tools. So it's such a process. Everything we're talking about is such a, such a process and it's never ending. And it's, it's little steps of removing things that condition us to be the worst version of ourselves and moving towards things like music, movies, media, programs, trainings that bring out the best in us and the best in others. Man, um, you just shared something that, uh, so one of the thoughts I was having on that walk was you talking about shaming yourself. I'm like, I'm writing a book, how to get out of a bad mood. Why the hell am I in a bad mood? Right. <laughs> you know, right. I've got the good mood show. And then, and then all of a sudden, um, I had this thought, which was this email I got was such a blessing. And the blessing was that I obviously had some work to do on some emotions that are in my body that are my hangup to being in, in constant states of joy and constant states of bliss. And this email hit those, that, the, you know, these buttons that I get a chance to now clear out. And if you do clear out, if you can take an old emotion and, and an old pattern and you can let it go today, it does, that piece is gone forever. Like, it's like, I picture it being burned up and then it's just gone. And now you're that much more free. So I got a little yeah. bit more free yesterday. And then this morning on Facebook, I saw this quote and it said, sometimes you get what you want. Other times you get a lesson in patience, timing, alignment, empathy, compassion, faith, perseverance, resiliency, humility, trust, meaning, awareness, resistance, purpose, clarity, grief, beauty, and life. But either way, you win. And I was like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. So yeah. rather than shaming myself for being, for, for getting triggered, I got a lesson in compassion and empathy and understanding and, um, in, 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 you know, new perspectives. And so I won, even though I, you know, you, I could have beat myself up and said, Hey, I shouldn't have gotten in that bad mood. You know, I shouldn't have been angry. Well, it's yeah. not true. I should have been angry because I was. Yeah. But now what I want to grow a, from it. I don't want to make that same mistake again over the same type of thing. I want when the next time I get an email like that, I want to um, have some new perspective and some new lenses and say, hey, I don't have maybe I can make the second thought a little bit quicker next time. Yeah. 
it's again, it's a, it's a journey and it never, and it never ends just when you think you're there. I'm going to end it with my favorite song of you, which is grateful. Mm. I, I've got a t-shirt that says, what are you grateful for? My wife has a t-shirt says, what are you grateful for? My kids have t-shirts that say, what are you grateful for? It says, what are you grateful for with a question mark on it? And yeah, so anyone it's the most who's, powerful way, anyone it's who the most powerful you, way to be in a good mood. It's like, if you want the secret weapon, the secret weapon is have a gratitude practice, a consistent gratitude practice where you ask yourself, what am I grateful for? And when you ask yourself that question, then take a moment to write down three, four, five things and do that practice every single day. And I promise that you'll feel more gratitude, more appreciation, and you'll attract more things to be grateful for and more things to appreciate. And I often refer to the practice of gratitude of asking the question and then writing it down and maybe even sharing it with people that you love, what you wrote down, or maybe before a meal, that it's the best ROI that you can get on any single practice out there that I've ever found. And I've done a lot of practices. I'm a miracle morning practitioner. I do my miracle morning every day. Meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, scribing daily for years. The, the biggest return that I get for the smallest amount of time, those, the Miracle Morning, by the way, I wouldn't be able to be like alive at this point in time without it because it, it sets me up to win every day in the morning. But that gratitude practice for the two minutes of reflecting and then writing it down, like what it does for me uh, personally, <laughs> I know this because when I don't do it, I'm kind of a different person. I see the world through a different lens because I'm just not asking the question often enough to shape my reality to be in a good mood most of the time. Okay, we're without further ado, I totally agree. I do the Miracle Morning every day. Here, I'll play it live, I'll play it live. Oh yeah, dude, grab your guitar. Yeah. Okay, here's Brother James in the studio on the Good Mood Show. There came a time in my life when I knew I had to try. And open up my eyes It seems so simple to me Why such a struggle to be My own insecurities Are creeping up on me No more time in today The sun is fading away And I'm left feeling cray cray It's time to make a change It's time to rearrange Late night in bed I lay Why does it seem so strange to Concentrate I was great, yeah, and sustain this feeling. I gave it meaning, it is healing with one simple question. And what am I grateful for? Think about the little things. And what am I grateful for? So many simple things. Woo! It's been awesome being here with you, man. Jeremy Rising. All right, guys, find him on exchangeapproach.com slash unlock potential. Uh, free workshop October 21st of 2022. Jeremy, such a pleasure. Dude, absolute pleasure. I wish we had more time and I can't wait for the next time. We'll be back uh, together soon. All right, brother. All right, man. See you, Matt. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. 
for free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head over to thegoodmoodshow.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.